0: Lovely stuff, starting as we mean to go on, hello, how are you
1: I'm good I'm very well. how are you
0: um I'm all right mate I'm all right um can i can I let you into a little secret? <laughs> you can so h- hello, dear listener by the way welcome um we we recorded this dare I say a cracking interview um earlier on today mm. uh, and then for environmental reasons um your mum came home. Uh, we had to uh, <laughs> we had to delay the recording of the intro outro, um, and and in that time I have accidentally uh, so we got a box of wine and I think it's because I've not been to Glastonbury this year and I think it's because <laughs> I like boxes of wine um, and yeah I've 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 had some wine <laughs> and so I think probably my tone is a little bit different to how it was earlier on but. You broadly. sound
1: like you sound oddly relaxed, mate. This is the the most relaxed I think I've I've heard you, certainly in in quite a while. I've got to, I've got to admit.
0: I mean, that's not at all alarming, is it? Um, <laughs> so you sound perfectly normal, Fitz, or alarm. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 good, man. I'm good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so if this is your first episode of Commusician, um. Fitz is drunk and I'm going to try and do the best of this that I can.
0: Not always. Um, The way you said that (laughs) then was like, if you're listening to, if this is your first episode, then Fitz is the drunk uh, and I'm, I'm the technical guy. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is that it's been a tough week. Um, I won't, I won't bore you with the details, but it's been a tough week that's not why i'm drinking uh it's it's just it's just been a tough week but it's all good um do you want to do, i we, don't know do you want
1: to use this as like counseling or something or are you um, <laughs> what, where are you at like we've got what I 10 mean, minutes of an intro let's
0: i guess i guess the main thing to say actually is that i i'm not blaming you sam cuz it's not really your fault but we didn't have a oh. pod last week for the first time in ages and i'm not saying that it was because of that but there was a family bereavement and you know everything went down the 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 shitter um so what i think is that really we just got to make sure we do this every week what do you reckon
1: (laughs) so your happiness depends on uh, constant podcasting
0: constant casting
1: Uh, well (laughs) i can i can try and commit to that um what i can't commit is there won't be a bereavement in your family every week um so you know (laughs) we'll
0: we'll see how things go (laughs) whoa 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 let's just dissect that what i can't commit is that there won't be a a bereavement in your family (laughs) so what what you're saying is that you commit to murdering a member of my family every week good yeah Uh, I, i mean i've I've got a big family, mate. So thanks. That's uh, some, something to look forward to. So we've got a few weeks to go. <laughs> we do indeed. Yes, jolly blooming good. And then I can um, have you all to myself. You will indeed, mate. Yeah. So how how is things? It's been a little while since we've since we've had a chat, and obviously we've missed uh, we missed the pod. Just FYI, listeners, it was for no other reason. Nothing to be alarmed about. Um, essentially, we we just kind of we got to a fairly late stage in the week unusually for us and we didn't want to rush it out you know we didn't want to just record some shit for the sake of it we wanted to to bring you something good and this week dare i say it we definitely have
1: yeah i i completely agree i think a lot of it boils down to the fact that i wasn't really at home for the first time in a very long time so if any of you have got any issues with that um (laughs) Hashtag go fuck yourself, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, so no, I <laughs> I, I, had uh, a week off of work or you know, working from home, and uh, me and Jody, we bought uh, some stand up paddle boards and we've we we went and we've been everywhere. We spent pretty much the entire week on them, um, kind of exploring different places. We've even set up an Instagram at Southwest Suppin represent. Um, Southwest what Southwest Suppin, nice. So sup is the short for stand up paddleboard if you didn't Uh, know now you do um so yeah we we, we've started that and we're going to continue it so any free time that i'm not obviously podcasting or killing your family i will be (laughs) on my paddleboard
0: very good um i'm 10 percent cooler for knowing what supping is as well so that's that's good it's win-win um and also i think I think it would be very difficult for us to begrudge you going out and enjoying your, your freedom. A, the weather was lovely, and B, you have more or less, without exception, stayed in that house for, what, three months, three and a bit months?
1: Yeah, just over three months. So I feel I was well due some time out of it. Um, now that it's a little bit safer, um, I've we both figured that, you know, stand-up paddleboarding is probably a reasonably socially distanced exercise so that's why we went for that can i um
0: can i ask a question that i most certainly wouldn't ask if uh if i hadn't had a a (laughs) box of wine um so you uh, you've obviously been able to spend some time with with your beloved you've been able to spend some time with your beloved (laughs) not not
1: yet not I think if there's a list, there's certainly, it's on the to do list. Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) If there's anything I know about women and it's not a lot, they do love to be
1: on a to do list. So they certainly do. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. If the in laws Um, are listening, I'm really sorry.
0: Well, um, it it is me that needs to apologize. Sam has not had a box of wine. Um, And also, you know, it's just a body, just a body. Um, Just a body. (laughs) Good. I'm going to shut the hell up. Um, so this week, Mr. Turner, uh, we we introduce our listeners again, I guess, to a friend of the pod, Mr. Christian Russell Pollock, mm. one of uh, one of the biggest names, literally in in comedy, and it was a bloody good <laughs> laugh. Lovely to lovely to chat again, um, but we kind of covered quite a lot, didn't we?
1: we certainly do yeah i um I, he's just he's just brilliant isn't he in simplest terms he is just fantastic
0: <laughs> he's a, he's a really really lovely guy and you know for someone who relatively speaking has only been he's only been in the comedy game a little while i think it was fascinating to it's the first time really that we've chatted to a uh, an act who also like myself kind of has delved into the world of comedy promotion and I think it was a really good time to chat to him because you know he's suffered through lockdown as has everyone in our kind of industry but he's been quite industrious and found kind of success in the in the online comedy uh kind of portal if you like um and yeah I I, I just think it was a really really interesting chat he's a lovely lovely bloke and I think that there's a lot to... I think there's a lot to kind of get your teeth into. And if if there's anything else, you know, I, I, I think I've, I've had a box of wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I truly hope that Christian doesn't mind, but we're going to introduce him off the back of a box of wine. Um, and. I, I really T-total hope that... In- Christian Russell Pollock. He's going to be buzzing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the, the, the non-drinker. Um, I really hope that everybody enjoys this episode because it was so much fun, and he's such a lovely guy. Uh, and if you do listen to the end, he has got some cracking advice for me um, for my kind of comedy journey. So, yeah, uh, I hope you all enjoy it, and uh, let's get on
0: with the pod. Let's get on with the pod. Thank you for joining us again, by the way, dear listener. We've missed you terribly, and we look forward to seeing you on the other side.
1: That we do. Bye.
0: We've been fortunate enough to have some some cracking guests on the podcast. And uh, I am delighted to continue that trend with, with yourself. And and also, I think you're probably the podcast guest, apart from Sam, who arguably isn't even a guest. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, arguably, arguably,
0: yeah, you're probably the podcast um, guest that I I know the best, and I'm I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. So oh, thank well, you for thank you for being with us today.
2: No problem at all. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it was really <laughs> kind of you because I remember we on our episode, I think it was called Coping with Corona. Um, you sent in a little voice memo. Um, and as soon as you sent that in, I remember saying to Fitz, I was just like, he needs to come on the pod. Like, we've got to get Christian on the pod. It just sounds like fun. So thank you for coming on.
2: No problem at all. No problem at all. I'd love to say that I had to um, really change my diary to be here. I had to move a lot of stuff, but unfortunately, no, this is it. This is the highlight.
0: <laughs> so straight, how, um...
2: straight out of bed, and here I am
0: excellent news <laughs> so how um how is lockdown going for you let's start with the um the topical
2: stuff it's been i've i've had i guess like a lot of people it's quite the roller coaster isn't it and mm. i've been i've had real highs and thought this is perfect for me so much time to like sit down and do stuff and then other times i are like oh my god this is i just want to see people yeah and um and so i uh yeah i've yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay. I've g I started working at Tesco's. That was a highlight. I was oh, work... very nice. Yes, I know. I was doing the online picking. It was very, very luxurious. In fact, you guys <laughs> got me through quite a bit of that.
0: Oh well, that's very oh. kind of you to Yeah, say.
2: well podcasts are perfect for that. So it's so good. So I was listening to you bleary eyed at four in the morning, walking mm. round walking round putting, you know, I don't know, broccoli in a box. Uh, <laughs> but I I've left now. I've left now. Um, after only two verbal warnings, very so good. That, that's yeah, how, know, how, how long that, were you there? I was there for about six weeks, I think.
0: Two verbal, one every three weeks, mate. That is phenomenal. That's better good, than isn't it? that's better than your time on the circuit. <laughs> it, is,
2: <laughs> it is. I'd chuff with that. if I can keep that record up. Yeah, You're I got one. To. I got one for. I think there was a, a uniform issue, and then the other one was I got uh, the customer complained because I'd replaced because you get in charge of the substitutions. So I'd replaced... Big power. Yeah, it was huge. I'd replace... <laughs> it was the biggest highlight of my day, really. I'd replace coleslaw with Tesco's finest clotted cream. <laughs> <laughs> that had not been well received. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've i, I
0: I've never had a salad to... I've never had a salad that wouldn't have been improved by Tesco finest clotted cream, so I don't know what these idiots are <laughs> about.
2: I know. Also, it was like it was like a two quid markup on what they got. Like, just keep your head down.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you you were talking uh, as well about kind of wandering through Tesco, bleary eyed. It's Plymouth, isn't it, that you live?
2: It is. For indeed. our dear
0: listener. So many moons ago, I used to frequent Plymouth um, as as a teenager i used to go to the dance academy and so i can fully empath- empathize with the feeling of walking bleary-eyed around plymouth at four <laughs> in the morning um albeit for probably very different reasons um ah oh, youth I, I miss it i miss youth. Oh, absolutely so, so um uh, jumping straight in i suppose actually christian so <clears throat> something that's excuse me something that's interested me for for a long time and since i've moved back to the area continues to interest me Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of being based in the southwest from a from a performer's point of view clearly we're not performing much um offline at the moment but uh how, how does it feel being kind of where you are based where you are if that makes sense
2: yep so when i first started i just moved down from north wales and so going to Plymouth was quite a big, uh, I thought it was going to be huge because I thought it was going to be a massive city. I thought there was going to be loads and loads and loads of stuff going on, which compared to Bethesda, which is where I was living in North Wales, there really was which is like a little <laughs> mining village. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite a big culture shock from there, but it wasn't quite, but at the time I didn't know any better. I thought all all places had as many open mics and stuff as Plymouth did, which at the time had, one poetry open mic um and so I thought it was fine and then you as you sort of progress you realize you talk to people you find out actually there's a lot going on and then I went for a big period of thinking oh no I'm stuck in this I'm out of the way no one's ever going to know me I'm never going to get gigs and it, London's going to be so like everyone's getting so many gigs in London I was really really worried for a little bit and then suddenly I started talking to um I started doing gigs in London and realized that actually this isn't the panacea I thought it was because London's got a very different problem. It's got, well not a problem. It's got a complete reverse of what we've got and other yeah. big cities where they've got loads and loads of acts, but not very many audience members,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is weird mm-hmm. when you think about how many people there are in London. So they've got nights where they like bring a nights where you've got to bring audience members with you.
1: Yeah. Oh which wow. Is, yeah, yeah.
2: Which is ludicrous really. And in. In Plymouth in the Southwest, that is the complete reverse. You know, we've barely got any acts and we've got so many people wanting to come out and watch comedy. So actually, it's so much better down here that I hadn't, I'd never realized because stage time, I never ever struggled with stage time. Uh, you can get, you know, there's no need to have a tight five in the Southwest because no. no one's booking you for five minutes. Um, also, entry to paid work is so much easier. I was getting paid way before any people that I spoke to who were similar, like you know, doing similar amount of work in London and other big cities. Um, and then I think it's really friendly. I think the axe is a really high standard down here. I mean, some of the people yeah. you've had on is a great, great example of that, like Louis Burgess. Um, he's you know he's absolutely stonking. You know he, I mean he does do top secret in all the big comedy clubs, but we've got so many people like that down here, including yourself, Fitz.
0: Um, (laughs) you're very kind Christian you're very kind
2: I could hear Um, you waiting for me to say it oh (laughs) no
0: not at all not at all I mean I I echo totally what you kind of say about the what you said about the circuit you know because I've I couldn't agree more having gigged in London, you know, it is, it's horrible in, in mm. most of the places, you know, I've spoken on the pod before about having done King Gong at the comedy store, which, you know, obviously it's iconic being at the comedy store, but equally it's an absolute fucking bear pit. And mm. they want you, they, they want, they would be happy genuinely. If you fell over en route to the stage and broke your nose, they <laughs> literally would love there to be blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and you probably get through actually. Uh, yeah, I'd that, probably but...
1: enjoy that
2: as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've made a note. Nice. No, it's it's going to be a yeah. strategy.
0: But um, but yeah, I think I think the the southwest scene, if you like, is is something that is is really welcoming. That's a really nice way of, of putting it. And I think that as performers, clearly, you know the the opportunity to gig as much as you can is, is a good thing. And so that's why, you know, I love kind of putting on nights in, in different places. And, you know, I, I know you do too. In fact, that's, that's a smooth segue there, Fitz. If I do say so <laughs> myself. so um, you, you, as well as being a, a fantastic comedian, if I do say so myself, there's a couple of things I'd like to talk to you about. Um, one of them is competitions, which we'll come on to in just a minute, if that's okay. Um, but before that, uh, talk to me about how you kind of put together your events. What are your thoughts around being a promoter as opposed to a comic?
2: Great question. I love being a promoter. It ties in a couple of things that I've always really enjoyed. So before comedy, I did a lot of marketing work. Uh, and I was lucky enough to work with some big companies, and then also some smaller companies that put on events. But actually, that's what I was doing in North Wales. We were putting on sports events, big triathlons and stuff like that. And I really, I love it. I love putting on events. I love that because with we're, we're, if you're selling something, if you're selling like bottles, it's a weird example. Um, <laughs> if you're selling bottles, as we've all been there. Um, You, uh, you, you've sort of, there's no end point. You've just, you're consistently sending bottles for the rest. Until you die, you're just there. Would you like to buy a bottle? Would you like to buy a bottle? (laughs) (laughs) And there's no way out. Um, But with an event, there's a finish point. And I love that. I love it all counts down and it builds up. And the buzz you get actually when it all kicks off. And sports events were brilliant because there's a, it's properly got to go. If you're dealing with like 3,000 people on a start line, Mm. it has to go at 9 a.m. And so everything's got a countdown. You've got clear people off the road. You've got clear cars. It's like it's carnage for a few seconds, and I love it. Um, and a comedy is a lot less stressful than that, but it, it does mirror those that excitement um, to an extent. And so, and I really used to love sort of getting people to events. I really enjoy it. So doing comedy is like perfect because you basically you're getting you're bringing in your own audience, which is fabulous. Um, and then. I really, I really like putting on comedy events because I guess my family have always sort of done it to an extent. Um, we're one of those families. I don't know if either of you had this, but when we grow up, everyone would, uh, if there was a big family gathering, everyone would have to take a turn. Yeah,
1: yeah, I heard that, right. yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, well, I I've,
0: I've got a huge family, and I've had many a family gatherings, but I, I don't think. What, what do you mean? As in, like, go on and do a bit, almost do a bit, as it were.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so. Wow. Um, everyone would uh get up and they'd do a th- everyone would have sort of a thing uh so and my it's my dad like The russell pollock link.
0: talent show
2: yes yeah, basically yeah and so we'd have like my aunt maureen she'd come up and sing vera lynn um <laughs> and then we'd have uh and then and so it would just be the most random things because obviously not everyone's got a sort of a talent as such uh um, so my uh, my cousin, Laurie, like he was really into Kung Fu when he was a kid. So my dad made him come out and like smash, pretend to smash bricks with his hand.
0: <laughs> yes, please.
2: <laughs> it was great. And it was, you know, so they were like really, really, really happy memories of my youth. Um, and that's sort of, I guess my family have always been into that. My dad tells me these great stories about his dad and brother. So my great uncle, my, my granddad, doing this ventriloquism act where basically it would be one person sat on the other one's knee with his hand up his jumper, just pretending <laughs> to be a ventriloquist. And then the, the whole, the finale would be trying to put him in the box at the end. I don't want to go in the box, get in the box. And uh, just trying to wrestle his brother in a suitcase. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So basically, I, I guess, or I see organizing events as a big glorified version of that, or comedy nights. And I quite like the, I quite like the nights to reflect that. And they should be really varied and loads of different styles and, you know attitudes and political beliefs and everything should be really varied is my personal belief um on how to organize a night
1: yeah I think it's good isn't it for an audience to kind of go to a gig and get lots of different styles of comedy you know because if you go there and everybody is just one-liners by the end of the act you by the last act you're going to be bored of them you need something different don't you so it's, it's so true yeah. how much how much kind of prep work do you do or do you just do you just know the people around you now of who you're going to get in as to kind of what style they are or do you have to go out and like actively look for right i'm gonna to have to get a one-liner comic to open and then do that sort of thing and then get them and then research into what kind of styles of comedy there are out there that i can pull in do you or do you just are you just now so involved that you you know everybody
2: yeah at the beginning it was very much the research when i first started out i didn't know anyone and I'd have emails from people that would be like, I'll do it. And then that was it. And I didn't know, but they were like massive comedians. And so, <laughs> so I'd just send back saying, video, please. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see a video. And they're like, do you know who I am? And I'm like, I don't, actually. Uh, and I look, actually look like such an idiot. Uh,
0: I'm Michael McIntyre. How, how dare you?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah just sending me his roadshow videos um
0: <laughs> can you imagine but... if you got a video through <laughs> from someone and it was literally just a, cl- a link to iplayer as I'm live at the apollo <laughs> there you go dick
2: yeah. <laughs> Oh, but um yeah, So it was loads of that at the beginning and then trying to and it's it was really daunting actually when i first started because you're just watching these videos and these people are making me laugh and i'm thinking they're great but also it's like god there's a risk what if like they don't get laughs and it's not i wasn't even feeling bad for the axe i was sort of like i'm gonna look like an idiot um which is a weird bit of promoting actually that i don't think gets talked about very much but you you you're so you so want the axe to succeed not just because it's great for the night but also because you don't want people coming up to you after you. why did you book them
0: such <laughs> a good point such <laughs> a good point mate and yeah. it's
2: uh and it's not, it's such an egotistical awful way to think about it and it really should just be about the audience but it, it reflects so much on you um mm. so I spent so much time uh at the beginning researching the acts and I was really really happy with all the lineups everyone that's performed at gigs I've done and and but since getting involved in the scene now I just you see people and I've so often I've seen someone like uh Becky is a great example I saw her do a night in Bristol and she's just like just amazing there wasn't it wasn't a particularly big audience but she made it feel like there was hundreds in there and so I just spoke to her afterwards I was like please would you come and do this gig for me you know it's paid work obviously
0: she's um,
2: yeah oh and she she was amazing when she did it so you see it sort of goes like that you see people and go I've got to have them at my night which is such a lovely bit about organizing a night
1: Mm -hmm.
2: is it's sort of you you almost want to share it you want to share these people I Did a, I well? I still sort of run it, but running a really nice gig in Totnes, and um, we haven't done as many obviously at the moment. We will do some more after Corona, and that had the audience there was so lovely. You did it, Fitz,
0: mate. It's it's the, the um uh barrel, barrel,
2: uh, barrel house.
0: what's it, barrel house? That's it, yeah. Oh, what a lovely gig! And I was just about to say actually that as a promoter who also hosts the night there's a big kind of difference between just being a promoter who books the night and you you kind of nail on the head but what's particularly lovely about that gig is it's it's upstairs in a pub which often is is the way of, of the best kind of intimate little gigs, but you crammed them in. There were so many people there. And you're one of the things you're very good at as well is, is the marketing side of things. And I know that you kind of play little games with the audience and you encourage kind of competitions and stuff. And I just remember turning up and, and being blown away by it It was, it was ever so ever so ever such a nice gig. Oh, thanks man. That's very
2: kind. I, it's one of those cool. things I'm very, very proud of that night It because it was the first, it was my first, entry into organizing gigs and it almost became I it was almost too good because then I thought all gigs that I organized were going to be like it but it's so hard to get the it's so hard to get that um that atmosphere replicate that atmosphere because the people were perfect but also the room itself like you said it's so it's an old-fashioned ballroom Sam I don't know if you've ever been to the Barrow House in Totnes
1: I haven't Um, no I don't
2: gorgeous it's just a gorgeous room
1: yeah, um, I tend I tend not to venture down those kind of ways because when you play with the band, I played Torquay a couple of times with the band, and um, it's the messiest night I think I've ever had with the band. Um, so it's, it's it's a rare occasion that we'll head down to that that side of uh, Devon.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, if you uh, yeah get chance, maybe we'll get you down for a gig, Sam. I know this. Well, you you're looking for a gig, aren't you? You will, hey, well...
1: yes, Christian. Yeah,
0: always working. That, right? I love it.
2: That would be a that would be a good one to do um
0: that's a really good point actually because that would be a lovely gig because the the thing to and and i'm sure you'd agree with this christian but as your first gig louis burgess kind of said that it doesn't really matter how it goes because Mm. for him he didn't have a particularly good one but it did the job of making him want to do it again kind of thing which is if you're going to do it that's that's all you want but but actually i think it's really important that you if you've got the option you choose relatively carefully because i would not advise for example doing the king gong comedy show um as your first gig because you would be put the fuck off for life (laughs) um uh whereas having kind of an intimate friendly audience there who who ultimately want you to succeed yeah that that would be a lovely one for sure yeah definitely
1: Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll uh yeah We'll, we'll see how my <laughs> <laughs> joke writing goes before I, I sign any dotted lines, for sure.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. But it is so we, such a gorgeous sorry. space. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, i just uh, remember the one thing, talking about um, organising gigs and stuff, and the Barrel House in particular, there's a really interesting study someone did. I don't know if it was a dissertation or a master's piece or something, um, was on the how the actual architecture and the of the room plays an impact on the night and wow. the yeah it's fascinating and basically like if you can get a room with character you will have a night with character and that sounds sort of obvious when you put it down to those basic levels but actually it it it's changed it for me because now i go into a venue and i don't you know a potential venue pardon me and i don't just want to talk to you know the organizer i want to have a good walk round and it's like is there actually any character here and if it's some yeah. sort of boring hotel room it's like okay, it's going to need some serious lighting work to make this to make this feel you know any sort of ambience or anything. I think that's that's such a a good point
0: because
1: I was just going to say Fitz um, puts on a gig at the firehouse in Exeter and like nine times out of 10, one of the comedians at night will always say, um, you know, I feel like I'm in Lord of the Rings or I feel like I'm in Hogwarts, that sort of thing. And it just adds that kind of, then then the people in the audience, you see them looking around going, oh yeah, check Mm. this out. And it just, yeah, it brings a whole new energy to the room and it's the same for kind of, I think with any industry, if you get the right environment, then the night is just going to like kind of take off by itself, isn't it? Big time, big time, yeah. It's
0: a lovely um, kind of notion, I guess. I'd I'd, I'd not even really considered that, if I'm honest. But actually, of course, it makes it makes perfect sense because if the audience are in a, a place that's a little bit kind of not wacky, but you know, like you said, has got character, then I, I think that it. I, I, I'm in my head very poor for podcasting and, and a very dull medium uh, in, in this respect. But in my head, I'm envisaging loads of gigs that I've done and that we will have done and thinking about the venues and thinking, oh, yeah, crikey, that's that's an absolute belter. And, yeah, it's what a cracking point. Good mm-hmm. knowledge.
2: Well, it was just someone's research, not mine. Yeah, someone's, yeah. That's a good thing to do dissertation on, though, isn't it? Just going to loads of comedy nights. That's I really <laughs> I should have done that. That's such a good idea. Just do a dissertation in something you're really just interested in. Uh, So on the subject of kind of
0: performing, clearly we are not able to in the traditional sense at the moment. Um, But I know that you've been certainly keeping busy in terms of online gigs. So how, talk to us about that. How did you get into them? How have you found them? And didn't you do one, was it last night as we record?
2: was supposed to do one last night, uh, but actually, yeah, it didn't go ahead in the end, um, which is quite an interesting point, actually, because I think online gigs are, I think the excitement and the novelty around them is starting to ease off a little bit. Um, There might be people listening to this that run their own online gigs that are getting absolutely stonking numbers, um, and they're thinking, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But (laughs) I think when you're up against the weather, it's yeah. always tough. And now we're up against whether the novelty of being able to expand your social bubbles and see other people.
0: Yeah.
2: And that versus going in and, you know, talking to, sitting in and just watching something on, you know, watching some comedy on, on your computer. I don't know. I hope, it, I hope it's wrong. I, I wonder if it will sort of bounce back a little bit. And I'm sure there's people listening that are getting absolutely incredible figures and they're like, you know, as I say, don't know what I'm talking about. But I do wonder whether... Um, I don't know if the bubbles burst. I'd love to see some I stats. I think
1: Yeah, I think I think you're you're kind of hitting on the right note. So Frank Turner, the musician, he's been doing like live gigs every like almost twice a week since the start of lockdown. Um and he did one yesterday uh that he said he or a couple of days ago and he announced he was just like, I'm gonna cover loads of Disney songs. Um, and he got thousands and I mean, thousands of people watching it. It was, it was really? insane. Um, and he, he literally said on there, he said, I haven't had these numbers for weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when he first started out, he was getting like 10,000, 15,000 people watching at any one time. And he's just like the last few weeks, it's been a few hundred, mm. um, and then he hit Disney, and it was like straight back up to ten thousand. It's just like so. I think what we've now got to do is go okay. Disney so podcast,
0: okay, cool, easy.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> my favorite no, is Jasmine. <laughs> First of all, wrong is Anna. um But anyway, <laughs> but I think what we need to now think about is is how can we mix it up? So what can we do differently? Not you know, I'm not saying that every comedian needs to go out there and write Disney jokes, but you know, what what can they do that that kind of changes the way we've done it because everybody has sat in front of you right and not everybody's got an hour now free because they can meet other people and they can go back outside and they can go for walks and spend their evenings wherever so how can we change those gigs so maybe they're shorter yeah. or you know there's their snippets of comedy that they could pick up at any point
2: mm. yeah that's a it's, good point it's doing things differently is so important like online anyway that i think that's it's a massive online trend isn't it that you have to just mm. keep chopping and changing and keep keep it fresh, because people yeah. do get bored. So I think comedians are now learning that, because yeah. online comedians will know it that that's obviously what's going to happen. You know, you're going to be you're going to know a new word in four weeks that you've never heard today. There's going to be some crazy new bit, of, you know, sort of online lingo like TikTok. That's a great example. Like yeah. so many people, kn- those words meant nothing, <laughs> um, but now they're like it's everything. And um, that's just the way online is. So online gigs, I guess, have got to keep up with that. And, you know, people people can't just do their same 20 minutes that they tour around the country with in the same way they, you know, when they're doing physical gigs online, Mm. I guess it's got to change in new angles. I suppose um, the
0: the difficulty as well. Sorry, sorry to cut you off gosh. there, but it's it's just popped into my head. the the other difficulty as well is what you're competing against. So you mentioned mm. obviously you're competing against the weather, et cetera, But you're also competing mm. against like Netflix yeah. releasing new specials and big big acts releasing kind of their comedy specials. And no disrespect to you know anyone on on the circuit who has done those kind of online gigs like myself, yourself, you know, but from a punter's point of view you know comedy is comedy and so a zoom gig for them probably isn't that much different to them watching netflix mm. the difference is it's easier for them to watch netflix do you think that that's a possible kind of reason for it as well
2: i think definitely i think that the people that are going to enjoy online gigs are people that are going to be very supportive of the arts well that's mm. been my experience so far so yeah it's yeah. Go back to your original point. How did I get started? So the the which ties into this, that I did a gig in uh, Royal Wooten Bassett. I'm a, <laughs> I host uh, a really beautiful gig up there for a promoter called Sarah Archer, and we had on, um, um,
0: the- yeah she appeared on uh, as a, vi- a a voice cast thing on that episode. Sorry to interrupt you again, but yeah, oh, we, she, she's friend great. Of the pod.
2: Brilliant. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, she's she's absolutely fantastic. And she um, she always does a little introduction to bring me on every gig. And it was the last night before lockdown really kicked in and gigs started being folded. And in fact, it was the night that Boris Johnson said no one's allowed to go to the pub. And so the attendance was down like massively. It was like we get a third of the people that are normally there. And, uh, and she brought me on and she sort of she burst into tears because she was so worried about the acts. Um, which speaks volumes about how lovely she is. But it it got her thinking afterwards that was like, actually, I want to do something to support the acts. I want to do something to support the comedians who are going to be out of work for X knows knows how long, which is still going on. And so she sorted out this company that Couch Comedy Live and they organise online gigs. And so because of that background, I think the people, the majority of the audience are sort of arts lovers and people mm. that understand the value of it. And actually, if we just only focus on Netflix, we, and we're we going to lose the theatres, we're going to lose, um, you know, sort of local, you know, like room above a pub type gigs. We're going to lose all of that because there's not going to be people supporting the comedians and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that the people who have been doing a lot of supporting of those online gigs are quite big arts fans or they are fans of a certain comedian and then they've been watching their mm. online output. I'd say there's a, a bit of that. I've forgotten where I was
1: going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I, th- I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the really important things for, for comedy going forward, not that I'm a comedian, but just from observing, would be maybe looking to kind of breaking into like the afternoon gigs. Um, you know, there's, I think there's going to be when the pubs reopen, there's going to be a lot of like, you know, meter distances in beer gardens and stuff like that could you know is there a way that we could you know talk to the pubs and and kind of get gigs on in gardens as long as they're family friendly sort of thing which i know is a bit of a curse word in comedy but um you could you could have a gig there and then just slowly start to reintroduce it um you know like saturday afternoon comedy session in the in the garden sort of thing
0: there are um there are a few things going on like that and my understanding of kind of what the industry is trying to do at the moment there's quite a lot of drive-in gigs look like they're happening yeah. Um, so, my again, my understanding of it—I've not looked too much into it, but basically, you go to kind of a big car park with a stage, and then you have like a radio. You get given a radio so you can hear um, what's what's kind of going on, and I think that's quite interesting. D- daytime gigs as well. Have you ever done daytime gigs like bring um, where they bring your own baby and stuff like that?
2: Actually? I've not. I'd I'd love to do one of those. Yeah, I would Because well. I've heard they're brilliant. Um... Uh, yeah, I'd li- I like all that sort of stuff. I actually, uh, people talk about you can't do comedy outdoors and you can't do comedy in day and you need certain conditions, which is certainly true to a point. There are certain acts that I can understand would would need all of those conditions because of the content. But I think most people could pull it off. I think most acts I've seen would be brilliant in the day. And I think it's more of like a fear. is a stepping into the unknown. In the same way that comedy gigs were, People are like, it's never going to work. Me included, my girlfriend, she still, she still winds me up about it because the day of lockdown, she said, well, why couldn't you do some gigs online? And I was like, it's the worst idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awful. What are you talking about? Uh, and now she's like, you're going to do another online gig that you said was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> uh, and it is actually one of those things that you sort of, you need to be pushed because online gigs are good. I think they're really good. I think they're really fun. If they're done right, the ones you need to be able to hear the audience, in my opinion, or at least some of the Mm. audience. You need to hear some feedback and you need to be able to interact with the audience, whether it's um, audio or um, you'll be able to, you know, like pick someone in the front row sort of thing that they have the virtual front row. I think those are really good. Um, And I think it's so nice doing something that's live and communal. And that is why it will always be better than Netflix. And I don't think that's sold enough. And I think that's about physical gigs as well. Because I used to say to a lot of people, because that sometimes you'd have gigs that are on the same night, and they'd be like, oh, they're competing. It's like, no, we're not competing against each other. Well, to, to a small degree we are. But in reality, we're competing against Netflix. Yeah. Because there's so many people sat at home in this town that could be at both of these gigs. Um, yeah. You know, I've not just that made it sound like I was setting up on loads of people's patch.
1: (laughs) No, so I've got to admit, I've got to admit though, I I came along to a couple of the couch comedy gigs, and um, they they were so cool because you know you're talking to comedians from uh, and and there's people in the audience from all over the country, Um, and I think that's what I loved about it is that there was you know there was comedians on there that I will probably never see again. Um, just because they, you know, I think some of them were up in like Leicester and stuff. And I, yeah. I, that was, it was incredible.
2: It's It's so good. It's so good for that. And also the audience, I we did one and there was people from Japan, I believe. And wow. definitely people from America. That's incredible. You'd never be able to do that. You know, in terms of expanding your audience base, it's incredible, the potential. And they are fun nights. I've really, I've had some great nights doing them. Uh, because you you can mess around, you know, and the people that we've had in those couch comedy live gigs have all been up for it. I'd say we haven't really had any dickheads. We've not had to kick anyone out, <laughs> which is great. But it's so easy to kick them out. It's that's what's also good. I mean, wouldn't you, Fitz? You organise gigs yourself. Wouldn't you just love that oh if you could God. just press mute on people?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking. I've the worst kind of experience I've had promoting for for a, certainly. I can't remember any others. Uh, was at a gig in my lovely gig in Pangborn, the elephant, yeah. you know, you've, gorgeous you've, you've done it, Christian, gorgeous gig, gorgeous room, very well to do area as well. So if any listeners don't know Pangborn, uh, to give you a rough idea of the type of clientele, the, the hotel that we were in was nestled opposite a Lamborghini garage that was next to a Bentley garage. So that's the <laughs> kind of place we're talking. But there was just this group of absolute dickheads and and I had to I had to physically remove one of them and he was just right up in my grill. Oh my god, to be able to just press a little button oh. and see him pop off. Oh, yeah. delightful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be delightful. Yeah, that's so good. That's that would something be that we should
0: uh because the the comedy world's gonna change, you know. Mm. Um, maybe maybe that's what we need to try and implement somehow. If any of our listeners are Tech gurus and can come up with some sort of virtual reality software that will allow us to to just remove idiots from our. That'd be great. Get in touch, comusicianpod at gmail.com. Uh- <laughs> we need that. Um,
2: what's the what's the remote that um Adam Sandler has? <clears throat> oh, the the click remote. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. Because yeah. that can mute people, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah mute them.
2: That real? It could. It is it that true story. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: most of most of his stuff is i think it's all yeah um yeah it's, it's not fiction definitely not fiction uh,
2: did you see um that talks very quick side notes adam did you see that film with him
1: the uncut gems yes mate oh, oh my god that's yeah that's a whole new side to adam sandler there wouldn't it, it? is No, Never... good D- oh, t- talk my to me about it. i've not
0: i've not seen it or i've heard of it but that's it's...
1: it
2: you need to get your buttocks surgically unclenched after watching yeah. <laughs> it. It's a ride. It's an absolute, it's tense for, I don't know how long it is. Very good though. I really really liked it. It was so Undercut different. Uncut
0: Gems. Is it on Netflix Uncut Gems.
2: Yeah, it's on
1: Netflix. Mm. <laughs> Give them a so shout good. out
2: just after yeah. we've been they're ruining <laughs> <there brewing laughs> <in> live comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is an it is amazing film. film. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing film talking just you know while, we, while we've gone let's go um i watched the darkness of robbins last night uh on netflix oh, did you yeah isn't that amazing
0: mate i didn't even know it was, it's on netflix
1: it's on netflix yeah oh, oh my if, God. if you haven't seen it it's so yeah. good yeah it, Do you know what? It's... i've heard
0: so much about it so sorry i'm a bit of a fangirl when it comes to john robbins i love john robbins so have you have you seen that, Christian? Are you familiar with I've, the show? Well, I
2: I have, but I saw it I uh, only to, just to do a little bit of one upmanship. I saw it live. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh
1: yes, mate.
2: Uh saw it in Exeter actually, came to the Phoenix.
1: Great. Oh, wow. Gig. Yeah, I really brilliant, to brilliant.
2: Go into that gig. Yeah, it uh, was very good. Oh, he does some wonderful because it's the first half is um sort of new material, basically, which hmm. is interesting as a way of doing it. Um because you think you want to do your bangers first—that's the conventional way. But he just so confident in his, you know, ability. Did loads of new material to begin with. Did some really good audience work, and then the second half of the show was was the Darkness of Robins. So good, so
1: so good. It, it is so good, and just like his twenty-minute rant on an advert was yeah. just <laughs> spectacular.
2: It's, it's really good, and to say, that was so. Those sorts of things live, I get very tense watching them because there's so much in it that hasn't got any laughter. Yeah. And I get tense, not because I don't think it's going to be funny. I know it is, but I know that you get dickheads in the audience. I've been to so many <laughs> gigs where I'm, I guess it's a different level. When you've got people that are fans, those people are filtered out. But if it was a normal comedy gig, I know that sort of 10 minutes of not saying a joke, I mean, it's not as much as that. That's an exaggeration. But, you know, that sort of thing would be met with come on, mate, do it, give us a joke. Even and it, really really feels it, was like ten minutes, it would just sh- feel it? Yeah, yeah. It would shatter the illusion. So I was sort of quite tense just thinking, is anyone please don't let anyone say anyone, just it all in brilliant. <laughs> but it did. It was brilliant.
0: Because I I remember that show. So there's a podcast, Ellis and um Ellis and John, Ellis James and John Robbins did a show on Radio X and they now do one on um Radio 5 live. Mm. And they I remember the episode where basically Ellis John wasn't in a very good place and Ellis jokingly described him as it as the darkness of Robbins yeah. and <laughs> all lo and behold you know a year or two later he's created this show which then went on to win the best show at the Edinburgh fringe didn't it
2: mm, it did did Oof. i I think that's actually re- what well, you touched on a really nice point of why I think more content is good because it's so lovely to see the inner workings of stuff it gives you such a better appreciation like you know in that backstory will have probably added to your enjoyment of the show
1: yeah 100%. and i think
2: and i think that's that's where at the moment things like podcasts is so good because you learn and radio shows and and uh you know like online content and even live streaming i guess twitch and things like that you because you you learn so much more about a comedian or any performer you get so much more backstory so when you actually watch their proper polished work you love it I, I remember that with um I used to listen to a lot of Ricky Gervais Steve Merchant Carl Pilkington in nice. fact they were on XFM
0: yeah and they were can, yeah.
2: Uh, and all the recordings are still on YouTube and stuff and so I used to listen to them that was sort of like my in the background you know sort of just chilling out not really concentrating too much but Gervais clearly worked on by accident, some jokes that came into his actual stand-up sets from that, yeah. just little ideas, little nuggets. And it's so nice seeing those nuggets appear that then that person goes away and they tinker with and they do it work in progress shows and eventually becomes like a nice five minute bit
0: that that leads really nicely into um I guess kind of finding material. So, as a performer, for any of our listeners who perhaps aren't familiar, Sam, I know you will have seen Christian at the firehouse um. Mm but as a performer if if i may say so christian you're wise beyond your years because you haven't been well how long have you been performing i guess that would be my first question
2: i've been going for about slightly over 3 years
0: yeah so i was correct you you feel much more established and you are your material and your performance is is much better than someone who's been there for for 3 years that's a great point but no, no, no. I mean, I'm not. It's it obviously sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but it's it's a it's a genuine compliment because I think you are really, really great. Um, so how how do you go about finding material? How uh, such a broad question, I know, but do you get kind of the the nugget of the idea, and then does it go in a note, and then you sit down and work on it, or how how do you how do you do it?
2: I <laughs> I do. I, I try not to think about, um, I take a notepad with me first everywhere I go pretty much. And my phone, which has got a big notes folder on it. Mm -hmm. And then I try not to think too much about whether something would be like, I don't go out looking for jokes. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I try and let things just happen. And then I go, that could be funny. I try not to think about being a comedian too much and then suddenly something will happen and I'll have some sort of emotional attachment to it. And I think there's something in that, whether it's something the way someone said something or it's just you see a sign on a street and you read it in a different way than you've ever read it before or just something random happens. I really, I've really, i got this massive folder in my um Uh, in my phone of just things that are random, that they're not jokes, but I know that if I was going to do some sort of list-based joke, they're just so random that would be quite funny. Like I saw two people doing weights on the back of a yacht, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that is it's it's so random that it's there's something quite funny about it and so when you just throw that in as a like a sort of an off the cuff like something yeah. in a list or even just asking as a question or whatever it's it's quite funny so i've got loads of those things like i was queuing outside a tip i thought this is quite a there's something in this i don't know what it is i don't think there's i haven't i haven't worked on it at all but there's something in that situation that there's there's going to be some comedy in it just queuing outside a tip you're in a massive queue like
0: to get rid of your shit basically
2: yeah to get yeah, rid yeah. of your shit you're about to have to show your um council tax bill for some reason <laughs> some guy like gdpr nightmare yeah. just going to show him all your important documents is my bank code can i what bin do i put glass in and um <laughs> like i haven't uh, like i just so i've written that down with absolutely no expectation that anything will come off it, but I've got it so that at some point, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking back through my notes, something might come again at it or a different angle. Mm. Um, so just constantly writing stuff. I think any sort of mad ideas, just like literally anything. There's so much junk in my in my phone. It, it sounds
0: as though at least you're kind of doing it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've have you got like a random folder or have you got a comedy material folder because i've got i've got a comedy notes um section on my phone which is is ridiculous i mean the i've just had a look now and it the, th- the most recent things that i've written which are kernels of ideas and and not anything um complete by any stretch but new baby clothes uh, they have a, a a printing on the label that just says keep away from fire and I lo- I love the idea that anyone would <laughs> would not keep their newborn baby away from fire um, and, but then I've also got things like dead birds and I've got no idea where that came oh. from where it's going so I think context is important
2: um, yes that yeah it, probably I do that all the time I don't make enough notes
0: yeah
2: and that's quite often because I'm with people and it's quite it, it's it's a weird thing to do because I've done it so many times, you're self conscious ch-
0: about it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah
2: and you're ch- chatting with people. Like I did it. I went on a walk last weekend with some friends, and we it was all socially distanced. Don't you worry? Don't worry. <laughs> I don't want this episode being brought down.
0: I'm um, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure Boris isn't listening, uh, and, he, and even if he was, then we'll just change the um, the edit notes, and it will just say that this interview is with Dominic
2: Cummings, and it'll all be yeah, fun. very good. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, um, I was on this walk with them, and uh, we were just chatting about stuff. And I remembered this story from when I was a kid. My mum and dad had decided, I can't remember which one of them, but decided to buy a decoy CCTV camera. So it's just, it looks like a CCTV CCTV camera, but it's got like a little C battery in it, and it makes a red light flash on the front. (laughs) And for whatever reason, this thing never got put up. I don't know why. I'm assuming probably laziness. No one, no one could be asked to put the fake CCTV camera up outside the house. So it was given to me, and then I used it as a toy. So I would basically set up CCTV on all my action men. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that would it would all be, you know, like he man would suddenly become a CCTV installer and have to go round. <laughs> like it was uh, ridiculous, ridiculous thing to have done. Like, I, I'd never, I'd never thought about it until we happened to be talking about it, talking about something that was relevant. And so then I was like, "There's potentially something funny in that because that is the most ridiculous toy for a child." So then, in the middle of this walk, I had to like just stop, get my notebook out and start writing all these daft notes. And I I suddenly felt really self-conscious, which meant I didn't do a thorough enough job. Yeah. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's why there's so many notes in my phone that are like half-baked, where I've not put anywhere near enough time and effort into padding it out.
0: So this Um, is a really good, um, important point for you, I would say, Sam. If you have hmm. a funny idea write it down because if you let it go it's gone it's a hundred percent gone and it's exactly the same
1: it's exactly the same as um like when you're like kind of you know when i'm playing guitar or playing my bass if i come up with a riff if i don't hit record on my phone that's it like it, i will never play that same riff again
0: yeah, yeah.
1: um so if yeah. the band could have had the number one single in 2019 i probably lost it like you know because i just like i played it and then never played it again
0: um, um, it sounds
1: very similar process
0: it is mate yeah it's, it's funny how it goes and uh actually it's 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 really good to kind of hear those those little stories and i've i know for a fact that i've been mid-conversation with with my partner and i've just been like wait there and I have yep. just got my phone out. She's like, "Really? Am I that boring?" I'm like, "No, no, yeah. no. Something, something. There's something there." And then she'll look at my phone one day, and it'll there'll just be a note there saying "dead birds," and she'll be like, "What?" <laughs> 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 yeah, there are. There are. Um, there's gold in them there hills, I think. Is Absolutely. It. <laughs> yeah.
2: Write it all down, definitely. And also, just overhearing stuff. I love writing down things I overhear, even if I don't think it would be funny. Just think, well, maybe if I was to ever write a sitcom or something, I needed to build a character. That's the sort of thing they'd say. Yeah, but I heard um, Ruth Jones and James Corden talking about that on mm. a, a extra thing on the Gavin and Stacey. They were saying, yes, that was it. It was after the most recent one, the the Christmas special. They were talking about why they started doing it again, and they they always send each other messages of things they overhear. Of people that—that's the sort of thing Pam would say, or that's the sort of thing Mick. That's such a—I've just heard such a Stacey sentence, and they'd send oh, it. And then they had so many of these things. They were like, you know what? We've we've probably got enough to start building something again. Oh wow! Yeah, that's it's so great. cool.
0: And I mean, I—they've done all right. You know, <laughs> I think I mean, if it's good
2: enough for them. It's probably all right.
1: As methods go, it's pretty tried and tested, yes, isn't it? Yeah, like... it is.
2: <laughs> I've written down one here. You've you made me look back on my phone. And uh, this is what, in my overheard folder. Uh, <laughs> there was just some lad walking past. This was all I heard him say. Any pale ale gives you tits. <laughs> <laughs> all I heard. <laughs> Any pale ale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you've uh, just well run the subject of that you've reminded me of one i mentioned it uh, at one of the last gigs i did which was in bristol and one of the funniest things i've ever ever overheard was uh, a, a really pissed bloke uh in bristol going up to the people next to me and going you could knock me out for a fiver <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> so um yeah 20 quid well spent but um <laughs> Uh, So one of the things that I uh, really wanted to have a chat with you about is competitions. So for Sam, who's obviously kind of at the very start of his journey, um, what are your thoughts on competitions? And, and I'm going to go out on a limb. How do you do so well in them? Because you do have a, a really good record.
2: Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I, I, I quite, Good question. <laughs> How do i feel about it? It's mixed, isn't it's it? Brilliant. No, no, no. It's like it's a mixed. I think it's a. Uh, I have mixed feelings about them because for the same reason, when I'm a promoter, we talked about this a second ago. I love acts doing well at one of my nights. It feels. It's just. I don't know why that. I I get a buzz off it. um Hundred percent. And it's it's so lovely when they do well, and yet, and they're also now they're all my friends so you take all that group of people and you put them in that setting and you want them to do well and you want them to smash it and you want it to be the best night and you want all those people that have been there to love every act so they'll come back the following month take all of those people and put them in a competition you want every single one of them to die like (laughs) you want every person there to have a bad gig you want everyone to struggle apart from you and that's (laughs) awful that's such an awful way of feeling i hate it and i hate it about myself that i feel like that but Ultimately, I guess I'm quite a competitive person um, and any competitive people, I think just they just want to, you know, they just want to win, which isn't it's not I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's friendly, but I, I think I'm quite lucky that I've done comedy um, a little bit uh, if I'd have done it when I was 17 or something or 18. I don't think I think the competitiveness would have would have got in the way now. I'm quite happy sort of if I don't do that well, it's, it's okay. Or if, if someone was not, if I don't do well, that's annoying. That's, that still will always get me. But if someone there that is genuinely better, I'm happy with that. I can take that. I think back in the day that would have like, I would have take, I would have been really awful about that sort of thing. Yeah. I would have been massively disheartened, but now it's like, I did a, I did a comedy competition in London and I didn't get through and the guy that won it was so good, just was so good, was like, well, there was no way you wouldn't, you know, if I'd have been on the judging panel, he'd have gone through before me, <laughs> like 100%. Um, and those ones, so you, I feel like, I don't feel as stressed about that sort of stuff. If someone's genuinely better, that's okay. It's sometimes frustrating in competitions where you feel like, I'm not sure if I you know what well, i i felt like i could have got through and then you didn't um i don't know if i've answered your question about competitions at all they're they're a mind <laughs> you, they're a mind have. fuck is what they are they're an absolute they mind fuck yeah. um and i sort of wish they didn't exist but the fact that they do exist and the fact i'm quite competitive means that's why i enter them um <laughs> <laughs> that's like you know i wish the fa cup didn't exist but i still go along <laughs> every week try and turn up you are
0: right though because it's it's uh, it appeals to our egos as comics i think to if you get through and you do well in the competition then that recognition is is great you know and equally you have to accept that there will be times where you come across people who are deservedly going through and and you're not i've done the bath new act competition a few times and i did all right um but never never kind of set the world on fire and then i was asked back one year to compare it and i was like okay cool well i guess i'm not winning this thing anytime uh soon clearly <laughs> we don't want you to enter fits uh you've, you've had your time but uh yeah so it's 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 a difficult one but they are they are a lot of fun but yeah you did the be. stand up for cider
2: i did how how
0: was that because that sounds like a really nice one
2: yeah that's the best one i've ever done that because that is for some reason and it's uh, trish caller who organizes it she's managed to set up a competition that feels like a gig you genuinely want people to do well because you know that the more well that it's just friendly firstly i don't know how she's done it because i don't think there's anything there that's very different to a you know, many competitions, although there is a lot of audience, which is all at all the heats, which makes a difference.
0: Yeah.
2: Because um, quite a lot of uh, competitions, particularly in London, the heats will be badly attended. And it, that's where London acts actually come into their own, because they're quite used to performing to lower numbers, um, mm-hmm. which uh, sounds like a diss. I don't mean it as that. But um, no, I've no. spoken to a few London comedians that have said that. They're like, wow, there's a lot of people here for this heat if they've ever done anything this way. Um, and if you're not, if you're used to performing to quite a few people, then performing to not that many is actually much more scary because you can see everyone's faces and you're like, Oh my God, those three people, they're all not laughing.
0: The whites in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's terrifying. So, um, stand up for cider. They get a big audience, always sells out all the acts, uh, f- like I've always done it with have always been, have really got into the vibe and just been very friendly with ever each one they want everyone to do well and of course where that benefits is that the it means that if everyone has a good gig the audience are really on side and uh, it's so much easier you know you, it's so much easier playing to a warm room so yeah that's good that's a lovely one yeah it's really and shout, nice shout out to Trish as well
0: because <laughs> she's um she's one of one of the key promoters, I think, down in the Southwest, you know, she almost runs the game in Somerset and it's, Mm. yeah, it it takes a lot to that. I mean, this is a whole other kind of podcast running a gig, but um, yeah, I think, I think you've touched on something really nice there, which is having a competition that feels like a gig is, is, is brilliant and yeah, difficult to begrudge anyone doing well at at that type of environment, which is win-win really.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really fabulous. Yeah, she does a she does a great job with that, and actually all the gigs she runs. And I guess that taps back into the whole promoter thing of making it feel like, like a variety show, perhaps the wrong word, but making it feel like a party. I'd say is a good way of looking at it, and getting acts in that everyone's quite friendly. There's not a lot of egos backstage. You know, the gigs, people. That's a big one actually. When promoting a gig, you actually want to book a lot of acts that are that are nice backstage. I would say. And in the southwest, that's you know that's pretty much everyone. To be fair, there's a really friendly welcoming atmosphere. Um, yeah, so stand up for cider. I definitely recommend if any comedians are listening, it's a good one.
0: In 2022. Um... Oh yeah, good point. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 2030, and you get some free cider.
0: Which yeah, that that hooked well, me right from the off. To be honest, yeah. Um... <laughs>
2: although I don't, I don't drink. But I did try and use that to my benefit once, because uh, when I, I did it one one of the uh, heats or something, I said um, I don't drink. So if people vote for me, I'll give them all a I'll give them all a, a cider <laughs> each, because you get your body's weight in cider. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was just going <laughs> to give Jesus. everyone a cider. I was going to. I was. I was pre- prepared to stand at the doorway <laughs> and just give people a bottle of cider as they left.
0: I was willing <laughs> all i will mistake. say is i would i would wear a lot of clothes to that final um before i was weighed for sure I mm. would, uh, <laughs> i'd want to make sure i was stacking out although actually lockdown i have had a few drinks so perhaps wouldn't need too many extra clothes so First of all, it's 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 been such a pleasure. Thank you, Christian. So we uh, unless unless you can think of any other questions, Sam, uh, we've we've got our kind of final question which we ask all comedian guests uh, who who mm. appear on the pod. So Sam Wise, take, take it away.
1: Uh hello. So <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Um good. That That's a good start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Good uh i'm so as you know i'm going to be doing the uh, my first comedy gig yeah um what so you had you shared some amazing advice earlier about kind of keeping notes and stuff like that which i will do but what what else have you got have you got any other advice to toward as i head towards my first ever gig
2: yeah, when are you thinking of doing your first one? Have you got a date, or like, well, I guess what? <laughs> Bad question. Yeah, <we> have, yeah. <laughs> you had a date. Had you? Have you? Did you have a date? Pen, uh, penciled it'll,
1: in or It will be you penciled in roughly. It will be about March next year. Okay. Cool. Cool. Cool.
2: And
0: um, um, actually, while I think about it, we the the whole point is that there's going to be a a show whereby mm. I do my first music gig, Sam does his first comedy gig, uh, and we would. I, Sam I hope you don't mind but we would love it if you would come along as uh, either the host or certainly entertainment or, or whatever if you're 100 um, for it we'd love you to, oh, love to be that. a guest of honor there
2: I'd love that thank you very much yeah count me in Sign me sweet. up. sweet yeah amazing uh definitely um any advice so I think well firstly you're doing the most important thing of getting advice from people Uh, I know you had Scott Bennett you've had on like every Mm. word that man says is basically like an inspirational quote. I find Um, (laughs) he's like, he's perfect for just getting advice and tips from. Um, And I, so many decisions and things that I've done as I've, gone on this inverted commas journey have been shaped by little nuggets of information so f- for example he sadly doesn't perform as much anymore or at all really but there's a guy called mj walker yeah he's uh he does really dark comedy sam like uh like really sort of real dark comedy uh, he calls himself uh, satan's favorite comic that's his <laughs> that's his angle um and he's very, brilliant like
0: very good joke about a dog in a car which i won't spoil oh him, yes he
2: does oh he does some oh amazing just absolutely amazing jokes um <laughs> but he doesn't perform anymore but he when i first met him i i did that thing of I, have you got any tips after a gig have you got any advice you'd give me and he said uh, cut to the funny that was that was a really good one <laughs> uh so basically i was doing a lot of uh talking a lot of Gumph, as you can probably tell from this podcast, I mean, it's been 90% gumph. <laughs> um, this would be it's a really
0: been, it's been 90% gold, 10% gumph. Don't worry about that. <laughs>
2: no, I don't <laughs> think I think you could cut this down to a really nice five minute podcast <laughs> 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 um, and basically cut out all of the unnecessary wordage and cut just get to the funny. Basically, just cut to the funny early doors. Um, and Another one he said that I felt was quite good uh, is, and it's not, I don't think it's a gold. I don't think it's a, a rule that applies always, but f- try and finish on the funny word. Work out what the funny word is, So you're f- or the funny bit, and finish on that. So your punchline is definitely the punchline. Um,
1: I like that, makes, that. If that makes yeah. any
2: sense. Mm. So the, when you shape a sentence, try and, so the, you know, they were doing weights on the back of a yacht, is right at the end.
1: Nice. Um, yeah uh that, that's that's some great advice actually just just that because there was um I, I think it was mark over there uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about kind of you know what words to use you know replacing some because they just they're harsher so they sound funnier um mm. and actually that's a really good kind of point of where i put the punchline because yeah it would be quite easy to have your punchline and then waffle a bit more um yeah so love so, that
2: yes yeah, i i found that uh really helpful. Um, there's so I mean there's so much stuff. Uh, are you writing? Have you written a bit, Sam? Do you know what you're like? You're going to
1: do? I've, I've kind of got some angles, yeah. Because so I've got Crohn's, and um, there is some hilarious and humiliating shit that's happened to me because of that. Um, so I'm going to base it somewhere off of that. Um, you know, with doctors like fingers like King Kong that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I, I'm kind of going to go down that angle, I think. But I yeah. haven't got anything set like set in gold.
2: Yeah, that's 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 really nice. That's a really yeah, like it's good angle. You're talking about something that only you can talk about as well, really. Which is that's such a big, that's such a big part of um comedy is like because everyone can sort of write a joke, but being able to turn it so it's something that relates to them, that's mm. the bit that actually makes it quite um you that bit makes it unique, obviously, but that's the bit that also is what people relate. That's what people enjoy. Yeah um
1: yeah they like people's failure don't they i think they like they love misery
2: they do but not uh but not so there's a fine line because you don't want it to go the other way where people are like they they feel like maybe i shouldn't laugh maybe it's too you know you've got they feel almost embarrassed to laugh you've got to keep there's a weird line um in comedy where you like you want to take the piss out of yourself but you can't take the piss out of yourself so much that they feel sorry for you
1: nice yeah okay
2: and then and then they stop going oh this is funny hey we can laugh with this guy it's like oh should we be trying to help it's uh (laughs) it's it's an odd it's an odd line there's so many things like that in comedy where there's there's weird lines you can take people on a joke to a certain point but then you can't get them past it you know like with a fence or anything like that but also self-deprecating there's there's a line you can only you can only self-deprecate so much
0: yeah very true. Very very Love wise that. words. Very wise yeah. words. But it's
2: all but it is all words that have been passed on to me, really. That's that's the that's the tip. It's just asking so many people. Because everything just gets fed down. I went through such a big phase of after every gig finding the sort of the most professional or the um you know the comedian be going the longest or whatever and just asking them for tips.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I was that little guy light turned up was like anything i could do and then everyone basically said the same thing was um here's some advice (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah go away um they'd say uh here's some advice that i've been told no one really had any advice of their own you know it's all just Mm. all just hand me downs
1: but it's really good (laughs) hand me downs yeah, no, of course. Well, thank you very much for sharing, mate. I, I, that's um, that's actually going to angle my kind of writing a lot, a lot better. Because um, you're right, I, I think it would be really easy to go to the um, kind of feel sorry for me stage. So just keeping that line will be will be interesting to kind of see where it takes me.
2: That's cool. Well, I can't wait to hear it next mm. March. Hopefully, <laughs> indeed, yeah. all being well, we'll
0: all yeah, be there all... together. Be lovely. That sounds good. That sounds Amazing. Brilliant. Well, Mr. Russell Pollock, thank you very much for uh, for joining us this week. And what a legend. It's been a pleasure.
2: Oh, thank, you. thank you for having me. It's been a highlight of my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Christian Russell Pollock.
1: What a lovely, lovely human.
0: What a lovely human. Yeah, he, he really is. And I think I, I didn't mention it during today's chat, but... Um, Christian was instrumental slash the entire reason Uh, I have a website for my fits of giggles side of things and he yeah he he basically kind of took the project on himself which was so kind and dare I say I have quite a good blooming website so thank you Christian for for all your help and I, I I actually think and we've spoken to quite a few comedians on on this podcast but very rarely have we got towards the end of the podcast and i've thought do you know what sam's actually probably gonna go and do some writing now (laughs) um yeah and i did feel that perhaps that was the case today
1: it yes absolutely now you know in the in the time since recording this podcast you've had a box of wine (laughs) um and i've watched star wars (laughs) Um, so i haven't done it yet but it is i'm yeah he's definitely kind of given me the right angle i think to go down which which is which is fantastic i know where i'm going to start
0: i think the fact that you like star wars is something that you can play on as well you know because star wars is popular i'm told um and you know (laughs) (laughs) there'll be There'll be jokes within there or or even you know there's self-deprecation. Self-deprecation? Good, good chat, Fitz. Um but
1: (laughs) (laughs) how's that wine, mate? Mate,
0: wonderful. Um there's (laughs) there's lots of options that you've got to kind of almost playfully take the mick out of yourself for being a Star Wars guy, because you can guarantee there'll be other Star Wars guys in the audience and before too long mate we're going to have to have an episode that is uh getting into the nitty-gritty of writing your first set because we've spoken to a lot of comics now and you know i have fallen off the wagon in terms of um certainly playing guitar i'm not playing every day by any stretch still picking it up when i can but you are possibly behind me in your journey what do you think
1: yeah, I think I am. What I think is more frustrating is that I've had some incredible advice to help me go on my journey. Um, and as of yet, I'm to do anything with it. <laughs>
0: that's that's true. <laughs> um, but the it's like anything. It's like if you haven't been for a run and you're starting the couch to 5K, you know, the the hardest thing is, is that first bit. Because honestly, I, I genuinely believe when you start and when you kind of get into just as christian said getting a couple of notes down getting some random ideas and then finding some time to just just write just fluff fluff away at them it will be rubbish <laughs> and that's fine um but there'll be for for 10 minutes of writing if you get one bit that's that's good then that's a mm. good session and that's that's absolutely fine um so yeah just you know we one of these days we'll have a podcast record and uh, we'll say oh how's it going and you'll say do you know what mate I've 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 bloody written a bit and uh it'll be it'll be really good.
1: Now here's a good question though and it's something that kind of uh with Christian we we spoke about because I've you know kind of had thoughts of where I'm going to start my comedy but am I going to do should are we going to write my first joke on the pod um or, or are we saving them all for when the the show goes live?
0: Um I think that we can it depends on the joke (laughs) so (laughs) you know ultimately i think it would be really cool for us to get to a point where we have discussed some material and if you come up with kind of a bit because you might not necessarily be a one-liner act you know you might just come up with bits and that's cool um so we will we will chat and i think that will be a really fun kind of process and imagine how cool it would be to get to our live show whenever that will bloody well be uh which christian by the way i kind of threw that on him but he's going to join us that's amazing um (laughs) yes he is you know to as a as an audience member i know that if i go to see a comedian and they've got a bit that i love i love seeing that bit i'm not necessarily that bothered about the new stuff sometimes It, it depends but so yeah for our listeners who come along to a live show oh can't wait for that how cool is that to say well,
1: yeah i um, totally agree mate and it'll be it'll be so good and it's exactly what christian said about um when we we're talking about the darkness of robins in the episode where it's just like when you have that kind of history with it and you know what the story is you appreciate it so much more so you bang on let's uh, i will take some of the material that we uh that i kind of come up with we'll work on it in the pod and then i will show everybody the final version at the live show yes
0: you will um (laughs) so yeah a really great episode thank you again to christian for joining us thank you to you dear listener for for joining us and we have I, i guess it's not really a spoiler alert but but sam and i have been working hard behind the scenes and we've got some we've got some exciting kind of changes coming up not changes per se but we we're really keen to push this podcast onto to the next level and um, we've got some ideas that have kind of been influenced by some of the feedback that you uh, have given us and we are really really grateful for that and yeah i think over the coming weeks you might see a couple of couple of little changes and we're we're really excited for the direction that the podcast is going and thank you for your continued support
1: yeah, couldn't agree more, and if you do have any thoughts or anything that you'd like us, like to see us do, then just get in touch, uh, commusicianpod at gmail.com or all the socials at commusicianpod and, and, and let us know your thoughts, let us know kind of if you think that we need to go down a certain angle, um, just to, to make it more entertaining, because at the end of the day, we, we love talking to each other, uh, but you guys have got to listen to it.
0: straight. <laughs> Damn straight.
1: <laughs> nice one. Well, look, everybody have a fabulous, fabulous week and we will see you next week because we're not going to miss it.
0: No, we are not. We're, we're here and we are, are really excited to be so. <laughs> I was going to say something totally different then. Uh, <laughs> I um, know where you're going. Yeah, so. Um, cool. <laughs> box of wine. Uh, next time we speak, dear <laughs> listener, I promise you I won't have had a box of wine. promise.
1: Yeah, I can't promise that. <laughs> um, have a lovely week, everybody. See you soon. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Com Musician Pod. Intro Music was gangster life by Dirty Blueprint. This podcast was brought to you by Fitz and Sam. See you next week.